Hello, my pop culture junkies. Welcome, welcome. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hi guys, I have told you when I first started this pod that occasionally it's just going to be little old me and there could be a variety of reasons for that. One, I really am terrible at follow through. So I am talking there. A lot of people are going to be amazing guests. We have the best guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Sometimes I just lose track. I lose track of the the days of the week. I think everybody can relate to that. It's, you know, one of those things where people think that I'm going to have a lot of anxiety on Sunday nights before I write the newsletter. Cause I write the newsletter Monday mornings. I do not write it ahead of time. I don't write it throughout the week. I write it in real time Monday morning just because I feel so much has happened, maybe even that Sunday night, or I just, it's just what anchors me to the week. And then I don't really usually start thinking about the podcast till after I've written the newsletter. And the next thing you know, we lose time. I mean, we just lose time. And um, this was one of those weeks. Also, the guest I was going to have this week is going to be next week. We had a little bit of construction in the neighborhood. You know, schedules just don't always align. And I have to be able to do this stuff on my own. So here we are. You guys are part of the process. Um, And we're an escape. I don't know if you're having as much anxiety as I am about the news that's just surrounding us about the financial crisis. Is it a recession? Today's daily podcast in the New York Times said, is it a recession with a capital R? There's a recession with a lowercase r. I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, what is happening? Why has this been like the longest tease? It's been something they've been talking about. Armageddon is coming. And then is it here or has it come yet? Is it to be long. We haven't seen things like this since the nineties or the forties or the twenties. I am, I just like enough already. I don't know what you guys do to handle your anxiety, but me, I look at TikTok. I watch law and order SVU. I listen to podcasts that have nothing to do with news or politics or technology or government, or I guess I said politics, but nothing. I listen to true crime podcasts. I listen to, as I said, my favorite podcast, That's Messed Up, or my favorite murder. I listen to storytelling pods. I don't even read a book when I'm having anxiety because my mind wanders. I don't know if that happens to you, but my mind literally wanders and I get really caught up in procedural dramas and true crime. And I think that's why it's been so successful as a genre more and more as of late. Um, We've seen the podcast industry just absolutely explode around true crime. And I think it's just this like way our brains work. It's a puzzle that we need to sort of try to solve And it's an escape from whatever troubles we're having, relationship troubles, financial troubles, work troubles, friend troubles. There's always going to be Mariska Hargitay to take us away from it in Law & Order SVU. And now hopefully me, I want Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays to be that escape. And so if you're listening on your rich mom walk, which is, um, I, I'm talking to you, Heather Hammerling, or if you're listening to this in your car on your way to work or on your car on your way to a lunch or just walking around town, we're all in it. You know, we all have this post COVID anxiety and like what the world is going through, the division and the financial stuff. And we just need an escape. So 
That is why I do what I do. I think it's been really helpful for me. That is also why I spend time on social media, the good side of social media, I try. And that's what we're here to talk about today. In the newsletter, you can read it if you want, but uh, I really leaned into this whole Britney Spears wedding, which I didn't think I was going to. To be perfectly honest, it is not something that would have really resonated, I don't even think, in social media more than just like, any sort of tabloidy story, but the picture that came out from that wedding honestly belongs in, you know, the Louvre, the Uffizi in Florence. It is, maybe it's the Uffizi. It is a Renaissance piece of work. Like I guess Michelangelo, was he Renaissance? No, he wasn't. I'm, this is so terrible of me guys. I studied in Florence, but anyway, your most important uh, Renaissance artist whose uh, names are all escaping me right now. They, they would have painted it. They would have clamored to paint this. Then this was a, a, a photograph which is why I named the newsletter what I did this week, which was the icons and the icon edition. And in this photo, you had starting off things in a strong sort of, I think, lavendery dress with like her classic bleach blonde hair always has reminded me of Janice from the Muppets. And that is Donatella Versace. And she's matching. I think it's like a lilac color head to toe shoes, dress, the whole deal. She was also the designer of Brit's Brit's dress. Brit is wearing a dress that has a choker, a pearl choker and a lace glove, sort of reminiscent, a throwback to the 80s, 90s, but more 80s Madonna. We'll get to that. So we have Donatella Versace. Next to Donatella, we have the iconic sort of the, the, the early aughts of iconoclasts. Paris Hilton. And she is there in all of her gorgeous glory, looks fantastic, wearing a sequency number head to toe, the highest of heels, the pointiest of toes, and just giving us the exact Paris Hilton looks that we want. And then next to Paris, we have Brit. Brit is doing one of her awkward sort of poses. She is definitely different than she was when she was overly manufactured in the beginning of her career. She is living her best life. The dress is not my favorite, guys. I'm not going to lie. We'll put it in the show notes. It's, it feels a little like, un, uh, it feels a little David's Bridal to me. I'm sorry, Donatella. It It's just, it's a little basic. I'm hoping it, it sort of maybe just photographed poorly. It was very long. I felt like she needed a tailor. The choker really gives me anxiety. I just, I want to rip it off. If you are a pop culture person, you've probably watched all the Sex and the City episodes, not the movies. We don't discuss them and not the new, whatever you want to call it, but the OG of Sex in the City. And there is a scene in one of the episodes where Carrie Bradshaw, Sarah Jessica Parker, was trying on a wedding dress and she was just doing it for fun. She wasn't even tr trying it on for a wedding. I think she was with Miranda, who is wedding dress shopping, I believe. I can't remember. But what I can remember, and I sort of relate to it, is that she put on the dress that was beautiful on her and all of a sudden our... Carrie Bradshaw had a full on panic attack, like her skin erupted in hives and she's like, get it off me, get it off me, like ripped the dress off in her dressing room. 
kind of relate, but that's, that's literally, I get that way. Looking at this pearl choker around Brittany's neck. It really, it really bums me out because I remember those choker days back in, in the late nineties. And it wasn't my favorite look. It still, I remember it like pinching my skin or getting caught in the little hairs in the back of my neck. Like it's a nightmare. I never want to relive it. So it just brings me back to a dark place. Moving on next to Brit, we have the queen of pop culture herself, Madonna. And we've talked about Madonna here before. I've certainly written a lot about her. This isn't my favorite phase of Madonna. I think we've gone through quite a number of Madonnas. I think she's stayed in this phase a little too long. Like it's a little too long in the tooth for this phase. Like we've had the, you know, Papa don't preach phase. We had the like a virgin phase and then the actressy dating Warren Beatty phase and my favorite ray of light. I talk about it. I mean, do not even come at me with there being a better Madonna face. Like she was a brunette. That album was fucking flawless from start to finish. I still, I listen to it to this day. That was like late nineties, 97, 98. That was my decade, except for the chokers. So this like Madonna with the weird TikToks and the the lips doing the, I can't, I'm not even going to replay it here for you guys. It'll skeeve everyone out. But the butt implants, the grills. This is not my favorite, but she's here and she's sort of bringing a little bit of a classic Madonna. She's got the very glammed up look. She's wearing a, I, I, I don't know the uh, brand, but it's very colorful. It's almost like, like a Mrs. Roper style seventies dress, like very flowy belted, big wide sleeves, purples and greens and reds and a belt. And it looks very silky. And like, I don't know, it gives me like movie star from like the, the thirties vibes. And she's wearing all of her, like, you know, iconic jewelry. And then the big black sunglasses when it's clearly nighttime. And then we have a few, these are the surprises to me. Well, they were because the others, we know their history. All of a sudden, I'm like, who is this gorgeous vision with this long brown hair in this blue power suit? And it's Selena Gomez. And who knew she was part of the Britney squad? But it is Selena Gomez who brings a younger generation to this. Like all generations seem to be in here. You have you have. I think Selena might be in her late 20s, maybe 30s, but I think 20s. And then you have Paris, who's in her 30s. And then next to Selena, you have Drew Barrymore. And Drew is wearing, again, it's not my favorite look. I'm hoping it just didn't photograph well. It's like a very flowy, capey thing, but it's very regal. It's very sort of like Florence during the Renaissance, perhaps. I don't know what the what the vibe is, but it's very regal. And I love her. I love everything about Drew Barrymore. And I did not know that Drew and Britt were friends either. So you have all these generations, 20s, 30s, 40s. I don't know how old Donatella is, but I believe she's, you know, 50s, 60s, something like that. And they all look amazing. They all are bringing their own style. And it was just an iconic moment. And, you know, it's girls supporting girls. It's Britney has had struggles. We've all seen it. The, you know, for some of you who are younger, you were not around when she had her meltdown and we were all stuck to our computers 
and this is sort of in the beginning of that, like watching things unfold on the internet, she just had a breakdown that we were all a part of. So I feel like we as a collective society in pop culture land have been there through the ups and downs of Britney. And we're really excited to see her not only be happy and we know that she doesn't have her her family there but she has created a family with these iconic women and it, it really resonated with me as somebody that doesn't really have m- many close relatives around to be able to pick and choose the people that are going to be the closest to us so that is what really dominated the socials and people went nuts for it you guys I mean they really did it was TikTok Instagram Twitter there was not a platform that did not sort of have a collective jaw drop moment with this photo and I'm just here for it. I think that we need more of women supporting women in this day and age. And then I just, one other thing that really resonated with me this past week. Well, I did talk about there are these trends. If you guys want to do it, there's this whole viral sensation around this thing called healthy Coke, which is I'm not going to lie. I tried it. I had to try it. I felt irresponsible not trying it. And anybody who tells you it tastes like Coke, they're lying to you. I understand it doesn't taste like you would expect it, but here's what it is. You take a cup of ice, a glass of ice rather, and balsamic vinegar and any, you, so you pour like a little bit, like just, just enough to like, I don't know if you tablespoon, a couple tablespoons, but in a tall glass, it depends on how tall your glass is. And then any sort of fizzy water, whether it's a LaCroix or a flavored LaCroix, whatever. I did a regular non-flavored LaCroix and you put that in and it becomes the color. It sure is the color of Coke because balsamic vinegar is brown and it is a sweet, tasting. It does have a little bit of a sweet, but it tastes like vinegar and soda water. I'm not going to lie. It's interesting. I'm not saying it was terrible. It actually wasn't terrible, but I would prefer a Diet Coke any day of the week. Understand that it's not healthy. I gotcha. And then the other thing that everybody was doing that I have not tried, I am not going to recommend it because I am not going to try it because it's a laxative and I just really am not going to get into it, but is this thing called the internal shower. So if any of your friends are talking about an internal shower, it's simple. Two tablespoons of chia seeds and you put it in water and squeeze a like lot of lemon in it. And everybody should have water with lemon, by the way, every morning. It just is good for you. But this is an added element of the two tablespoons of chia seeds, which are a natural laxative. And you wait 10 minutes for those chia seeds to get like gloppy. They like expand. You stir it up, you drink it. Apparently within an hour or two, things get going and you have yourself a, 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 a clearing, if you will. So that is for your pleasure. That was what was dominating the socials last week. And if you have kids or you have colleagues that were talking about internal showers or healthy Cokes, you're welcome. That is that. But then the only thing I really want to point out before we get into what's happened in the last couple of days is this incredible moment with WWE superstar John Cena. They can't see me. You can't see me. Can I tell you, I had no idea who this man was until maybe it was 10 years ago 
when I was in Ethiopia and I wasn't just in Ethiopia, I was in Northern Tigray, like the Northern part, very, very remote. I was there with the amazing people of Charity Water, an organization you should all check out. And we were there meeting with villages and seeing their issues with getting access to water. Um, That's another podcast. I can talk about it for ages. And literally every village, the kids would come running up and they, you know, sometimes they hadn't seen white white people or, or the few white people they had seen, they had done the same thing, which was running up to them and put their hands over their face and then said, you can't see me and would run off. And I was like, what is this? What is happening? And then it was like some of the kids had John Cena t-shirts. And so it turned out that these kids had been introduced, however they had, whether by previous visitors, I think it was a lot of merch. Apparently there was a lot of merchandise that had been donated to the area that was WWE. And they had become obsessed with this wrestler, John Cena. And then he has grown even more famous and became an actor. And he's like that sort of, you know, success story of The Rock started with WWE, became really, really popular and has evolved his platform. And there is a story. It first appeared, I believe, in this Australian newspaper. We'll link to it. It's a beautiful story about this mother taking her family and escaping Ukraine and in bomb shelters. And they're trying to get out and, you know, going through the struggles that we've all seen sort of unfold, whether on TikTok or in the news or whatnot. There is this woman who is escaping Ukraine with her family, but was so interesting about her is she has a son who has Down syndrome. He seems to be, I'm not sure of his age, but either late teens or certainly a young man, nonverbal, so is really severely disabled and with Down syndrome. And he was terrified in having absolute panic attacks and started having just complete meltdowns in these uh, environments. And you can just feel like how terrifying that must have been for, for her, for her family, for him, for the people around. And so the mom had concocted a way to get him to calm down by telling him that they were on this adventure, this adventure to find John Cena. That was what kept him going. He believed then because his surroundings kept changing and there was chaos. And that's really unsettling to somebody who, you know, really is comfortable in their, their, their routine. So she got her son to safety by getting him to believe they were on this adventure to find John Cena. And the story came out in sort of one of these looks at what, what refugees were going through. And John Cena saw the story and he went to this, this woman and to the family who are in Europe and they were safe. They got out safely and he shows up and this boy is seeing his idol and the mom is crying. And I mean, you're crying, you're crying. It's just, it's everything. And then John gives him the shirt off of his back and you see him wearing the shirt as he says goodbye. And it was just like, how special is today? Yeah, pretty darn special. I don't care if it's propaganda, guys. I don't care if it was PR. I just, you feel the authenticity. He didn't have to do that. A lot of people don't do that. And it was just such a beautiful sort of end to the story that I don't think anybody saw coming and, and most especially Misha and his mom. So I salute you, John Cena. I am a freaking fan. I feel like we need more people like you and thank you very much. So, 
guys, I did say this week, I was so relieved to not write about Johnny and Amber. I am very, very relieved that we are done with this trial. I think as you guys are, it's really complicated. It's bad. They were both very sort of unhappy, toxic people in that relationship. Nobody came out looking great. Johnny Depp, I think it's a sign of our society, has like rocket shipped to his fame and even maybe more famous than he was before. Uh, He, you know, we've seen better looking Johnnies. I have to be honest. He looks a little, a little worse for wear lately. He certainly did not come across like a choir boy in this trial. Amber did not come across as a saint in her trial, in this trial either. We know the outcome. We should be done with it inexplicably, you guys. And I don't know, I'm in the communications business. If Amber were my client, I would have advised against this. Um, Inexplicably, she did a sit down interview. And I think perhaps there is something to be said for narcissism and you can't help yourself. Uh, But somebody in her world, including her, her family, her friends, I assume she has media advisors, thought this was a good idea and felt that she was ready to sit down with a journalist. I believe it was Savannah Guthrie. And it started coming out in little clips um, from teasers and has exploded uh, as the interview aired. And TikTok has gone nuts. Twitter has gone nuts. Instagram has gone nuts. But let's just talk about it on TikTok. She is doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down in saying that Johnny is lying, that she was absolutely beaten. She He absolutely hit her. So where she got sued for saying it in an op-ed in the Washington Post where she never said his name and she lost a libel suit, which is really hard to do. She is now quadrupling down and saying it. And now that she's saying it, I believe that would be considered slander or she could be it could be slanderous. She's already been in a jury of her peers found guilty of lying. So now she's saying it on national television. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another lawsuit coming because she's now saying it and she's saying it with his name, which is even more incredible that this is happening. When asked about the lawyers trying to paint her picture as, as, as she was acting, that this is all acting, inexplicably. I mean, the poor woman, this, if nothing else, this interview shows that Amber Heard certainly needs some help, professional help. And I mean that from a, from a, a a mental health perspective. I mean that from a public relations perspective, like whoever is working with her therapists, publicists, they all need to be fired. Um, Something is not right, but she responds in such a shocking way. Let's roll that. In the closing arguments, the Depp lawyer said, called your testimony the performance of a lifetime and said you were acting. What do you say to that? Says the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers. I'm the performer. I had listened to weeks of testimony insinuating that or saying quite directly that, you know, I'm a terrible actress. So I'm a a bit confused how I could be. Uh, I don't know about you, 
but I've seen Edward Scissorhands maybe 10 times. I'm very, 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 very much looking forward to the new Edward Scissorhands starring my love of my life, Timothy Chalamet. But let's just be clear. Never in my life, not once, not ever, did I believe that Johnny Depp had scissors for hands. I don't know about you. If you did, all the power to you. I don't know what to say to that, but I just don't think we as a collective society ever once would be surprised to see Johnny out and about and be like, how does Johnny play the guitar? He has scissors for hands. How does Johnny Depp get jobs as a pirate when he has scissors for hands? How does he pick up a dog if he has scissors for hands? How did Johnny Depp hit her if he has scissors for hands? Like none of these things are actual things. So it's pretty shocking to me that those were the words that came out of her mouth, that she didn't just like stand up and say, actually, please edit that out. I I don't understand what's happening. But as far as I'm concerned, that is not a fact. That is not even a thing. He did not convince a nation or the world that he had scissors for hands. He was an actor playing a really cool Tim Burton role. And we didn't believe that the actor actually had scissor hands. So it just gets worse. It's just a whole lot of a hot mess. I, um, I encourage you to watch it. I am heartbroken though, because she is a mom and this is, it's, you know, you're watching an unraveling of a human soul and it's, it's icky. And I just wish the media would be like, we're not going to take advantage of this person. I wish that nobody would do interviews with her. I wish she would just go to some, you know, tropical Island and decompress and be with her family and, sit down and not be in the public eye with anyone for a long time. And that is what I want to say. And lastly, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there is another scandal that has dominated the socials the last couple days. And that is the dress. The dress I am talking about, we have discussed at length here at the pod uh, when it first happened, which was the Marilyn Monroe dress that Kim Kardashian wore at the Met Gala. And it was the first time that dress has ever seen another body since leaving Marilyn Monroe's body. That famous night she sang happy birthday to President JFK. And then it became, we, we discussed here as well, that the dress didn't fit her. She lost the 13 or 16 pounds really quickly. She got hammered for that in order to fit in the dress. However, her uh, substantial rear end did not fit into the dress. So she had to wear a mink stole sort of delicately placed behind it as she walked the red carpet. And I talked about, I loved it. I thought she looked spectacular. She then changed into a replica dress for for the rest of the time. And and I've done that. I actually recently was at a wedding where I was wearing the most beautiful dress as a guest to this wedding. And there were other girls in the exact same dress. Can you even imagine my heart, their heart, they were pissed. And I was like trying to have a, a sense of humor about it. But then I saw this, one of the women who had the exact same color dress, her upset was tangible. And somebody came up to me that I had met the night before at this wedding and said, I know this might sound strange, but I'm really prepared. And I always plan for emergencies. I have an extra dress in my bag if you want to change into it. And it's all yours. And I couldn't believe it. And I ended up in this gorgeous silver 
vampire's wife number that I did not arrive in the wedding in. And so I'm all for a little costume change is the point of this. I'm all for it. It might be my new thing. I'm going to never go to a fancy event without a second dress. It's going to be my new thing. So Kim changed into the, the replica dress, but unfortunately somebody who was not a fan of her having had access to the dress. I don't know if it was a, his, somebody who is in the costume department of the museum or a stylist or a designer or a cleaner, but they took detailed photos of the damage done to the dress, which were ripped seams and lost sequence and beading and whatever it is. And it has gone all over. And the shock and awe that people have, I mean, listen, we have a lot of bigger things to worry about than the damaged dress, which of course is going to get damaged when it's 65 years old or whatever, and hasn't been worn since the, 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 the last time we was ever seen, but nevertheless, these are our things we escape into. And if we must escape into the damaged Marilyn Monroe dress because of Kim Kardashian, then so be it. Here we are. But that's going to pop up on social media. Guys, it's it. We did it. David. David is my producer, you guys. He's so great. I can't tell you. I wouldn't, I don't even know what to do. So David, we did it. I know these are your maybe not favorite. You love to hear the banter with me and a guest, but I love talking just to you guys because it's a little bit like my therapy and, um, and it's a lot of fun. I am not going to do a merry make out or mute because I prefer doing it with someone else. It's a little bit more fun. But if you guys have any, please send me your Mary makeout or mute. You can email them to me. My email is brooke.hammerling at gmail.com. Not afraid to put that out there. Um, You can tweet at me. I'm at brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. You can message me on Instagram. I'm also at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. So that's it, my little pop culture, wondrous little love ones. I adore you. Please share this with everyone. Give it five stars. Do whatever you need to do. And I'll see you next week. Thanks.